these kinds of tasks are never as bad as we make them out to be. There's so much mind drama that we create around these tasks that is so draining before we've even done anything. That is my life in a Mm -hmm. nutshell. We call it the you should list. Everyone you know or everyone that comes to the farm is like, you should do this, you should do this. Or the farmer's markets too, you should do this. Yeah, we should. How do you tell this is mindset work? This is mindset work. If somebody was just like, your blue hair is ugly, you would be like, huh? I don't have blue hair. That would not debilitate you for a day. And this is when I just sing, let it go to myself. I I think the message that I keep coming back to and everything that I do is you are enough. I think so many of us just have these secret thoughts of not being good enough. When you just (laughs) said that, I felt like peace wash over me. Like, oh yeah, okay. Welcome back to Edible Economy. I'm Kim, and there is no Nate here today. I'm missing my talking head, but I'm here with Samantha Siffring, and she's amazing, and we're going to talk about owning a business and being a mom and all the struggles that come with that. So hi, Samantha. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so tell everyone a little bit about you and your business because there's so much that I don't I don't want to mess it up. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am a business coach and I primarily work with moms to help them either launch or grow an online business from home while also raising children. And I do a little bit of business strategy, um, marketing stuff, and a lot of mindset to help them do that. So that's really my specialty. Nice. And I really need help with some mindset stuff. So um, I know this. So having Samantha and talking about being a mom and a business owner is a little away from local food and stuff that we normally talk about. But there's so many women that have small food companies and they're affecting our local economy. So I'm sure this is going to be really, a really helpful episode for them. So owning a small business and being a full-time mom. And everyone's always a full-time mom. So that might not be the best word. But, but like taking your kid to school, trying to work as much as possible between like nine and three, and then picking your kids up from school, it's hard. Yeah, that is my life, nine and three. (laughs) (laughs) It's really stressful. Like you're kind of rushing and then rushing to school and then rushing home and trying to like reset your mind, like change your mindset right from the morning craziness. Like, okay, now I'm going to get into work. And then thinking about I have like six hours. How much can I do today? And then like trying to change your mindset again and go pick your kids up and like just unloading, unload. Like when I'm like parking at school, I'm like walking, getting out of the car, I'm unloading, like stop, let it go, let it go. Like, okay, I'm going to be present as soon as I walk into the school and pick up my son. You know, it's Mm -hmm. really hard. Yeah. I think those transition times are the hardest Because I find I do the school drop-off, I get back home around 9, and then I have to walk through the kitchen, pass like the dishes and crumbs on the counter to go work. Yeah. 
And it's really hard to not be like, well, I have to take care of all this stuff or I need to throw in some laundry. And I think that's kind of a unique challenge of being a mom who's working from home. Whereas if you just went to the office, you would just not know. Just let it go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then it's hard at three to turn things off. So um, I often will come back home and get a little more work done. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like so anxious at three. Like... I'm really irritable still like because I feel like oh I didn't get enough done and I have like this you know I'm not gonna yell but I'm not feeling present and like it's almost like that's when I want my own time like but I can't I don't but I don't Mm -hmm. because I want to be there yeah it's it's a struggle yeah I think a big piece of that is really structuring the time that you have to work and for me I think it's a little easier because most of the work I do is appointment based so I have client sessions or I have things like this where I'm recording podcasts or that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. that is kind of the structure of the day and then I know in between I'm either doing tasks or like tasks for my business or I can take a moment to switch the laundry or um very rarely maybe meet a friend for coffee or I've been trying to get a massage on the calendar for (laughs) months months. yeah and every week I look at my calendar I'm like when can I do this and it has not happened yet but someday it will (laughs) Christmas maybe Maybe. (laughs) good present so tell me more like let's talk more about the coaching that you do for small businesses. So, you know, we have small businesses and we talk about the farmer's markets and the farm on the podcast. And the farmer's markets are great. They're really a well-oiled machine. But the farm is a struggle. Like, it can barely sustain itself. Um, It's doing amazing things, right? It's like Mm -hmm. a passion project. And I think, I don't know, I bet a lot of beginning businesses are passion projects. And so what is that threshold of like time and like you have on your website, which is tbhcoach.com, by the way, Um, like I'll have a business coach once I actually have a business, which means I'm actually making a substantial amount of money mm-hmm. usually in people's minds. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you help people get from this passion project to making money every month or you know what what is your like what are your number one suggestions advice? Yeah. So I love how you brought up that I'll have a business coach when I am making money because I felt that way for my whole first year. It was like, I just need to figure this out and then I can invest in those things that feel like maybe a luxury item. And it was a very unsuccessful first year. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that kind of illustrates the reality of starting a business that there is putting a lot into it um, when you're not getting a lot out of it. So... I hit that turning point about a year in where I decided I really needed 
another coach. Like I, I needed to get out of my own head because it's really hard to coach yourself. Yeah. And I needed to make that decision like out of our family's budget instead of my business's budget, which was zero <laughs> or negative, yeah, you know, right. at that point. Uh-huh. So um, I think for some people that is a really valuable first step if it's just not working to get fresh eyes on it from somebody who has helped a lot of people do that same exact thing because if you haven't done it of course you don't know how to do it you're just trying things and trying things until something works and sometimes it's truly just having some one else come in, look at it, and give you a few suggestions that gets things to start working again. So that was the case for me. There's a couple things that I learned from that coach that I implemented and immediately started bringing in money with it, kind of overnight almost. Um, And for me, with a coaching business, it was really about simplifying everything and getting back to the basics of just talking to people. And I think for most businesses, that really is the key, growing your network and tapping into your network. You never really know what that's going to lead to, but people innately want to help. Your network wants to help you. Sure. Which that's hard. That's hard for me. I think it's hard for you too. We're both pretty like reserved people. We probably, I surround myself with very loud people. You might as well. I don't know. And I'm like the reserved <laughs> one and then Nate's the loud one and everyone else's. And, but for me, like, I don't really talk about, I try not to talk about our, my businesses and like, or mm-hmm. promote it or, you know, I have other people. I have friends that promote it on Facebook, which I'm sure you see. And <laughs> yes. I'm never the one that does it because I, I don't know. That's probably something I have to overcome. Like, just be proud of what you're doing and don't like I always think I'm I don't want people to think they have to come to the farm or they have to come to the farmer's market. I don't care if my friends come, you know, that's just so I feel like if I promote it, then they feel that way which is really silly as it's coming out of my mouth right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this is why coaching is so good (laughs) because you get to say these things out loud that are holding you back and when you speak them or when you write them down you realize how crazy they actually sound (laughs) but meanwhile they've been controlling you for the past couple years and holding you back right so tell me like like, okay, so when I'm thinking, I, a coach is going to tell me, you know, don't, you know, write down your daily calendar, make a schedule, don't get it. Like, cause I could easily fall into like a black hole of the internet when I'm sitting by myself, right? Or mm-hmm. just spinning wheels because like everything, every task is almost always new. And so it's like sitting down. okay, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to, you know, what this permit or this liquor license or this grant, you know, and it's, it's never like something that I've done before unless it's accounting, which is not (laughs) fun to do at all. So no one ever wants to sit down and like code expenses. (laughs) So it's like all these tasks are not fun. How do you stay on top of it? Yeah, it really is scheduling it in because if you don't, you're going to avoid it and you're going to let other things come up. Yes. 
I know that you had kind of mentioned before about like fires coming up on the farm all the time and they are always going to take precedence even if they're not an emergency or they're not something you need to be involved in if you know all I have to do today is all these tasks I don't want to do or don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. So part of it truly is like putting it on the calendar and holding yourself to that and having that discipline because... I think for a lot of us, there's like a weird moment where we wrap our mind around the fact that a real adult is not going to come into our business and do the things we don't want to (laughs) do. And we we are the responsible adult in this room and have to own those tasks. So that is definitely a piece. And the other is to understand that these kinds of tasks are never as bad as we make them out to be. There's so much mind drama that we create around these tasks that is so draining before we've even done anything. So it's draining your energy when you're putting it off more than if you just took care of it. That is my life in a Mm -hmm. nutshell. The mind (laughs) drama. Yeah. It's so true. I just had, like, we had to write... I just had to write an email just to the vendors about the winter market. I just couldn't sit down and do it. But, you know, I've been writing them for 10 years. Yeah. You know exactly how to do it. You could probably go back and copy and paste. Right. That was one thing that was super easy. But just the sitting down Mm -hmm. and thinking how horrible it is. But I don't even know why. Yeah. Right. Now that I'm telling you, I don't even know why it was so horrible. It wasn't. Mm -mm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So I think everything in our businesses can be put into different categories of either mind drama or math. And math is just, you know, got to send the email, like send the one email or network with 25 people or whatever it is. And the mind drama is what we create around it that makes it so exhausting. Yeah. I'm just sitting here in awe now. Like I need to just get rid of my mind drama. Yeah, and that's why I do so much mindset work. My background is in counseling, and that seems like a strange link to business coaching. But because so much of it is in our minds, it really is such an impact on my clients that I really think they all know how to build their businesses. There's very few techniques or tools that I teach for business that they're not already aware of. Right. But it's just overcoming all of the other stuff to actually do it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Really, I'm stumped right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now you can just make a list. Like you can pull out a piece of paper and make, make a, a list, list of like what is actually tasks to do, what are the facts, what's the math, and what is just the mind drama I'm making yeah. up around it. On this calendar that's sitting open right in front of me, just yeah. start doing it every day. Mm-hmm. All right. So what like... Is that what you tell people to like just make a schedule? Do it. That's the number one thing. Yeah. And I get it. I hate schedules. I am a very free spirited person. So looking at a calendar that has no freedom in it really makes me feel close to panicking. So I get that it is not a comfortable thing. So I don't want people to hear it and think, oh, she's just somebody who like has color coded everything because it's not true at all. (laughs) Um, 
But I will intentionally schedule in time to like be free and like just do what I want. Oh, so that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And like Sunday evenings usually is when I will take care of some social media scheduling for the week. Okay. And I allow myself flexibility to move that around. This past weekend I did it on Saturday because Sunday I had a bunch of plans and knew there wasn't going to be time. So I do build flexibility into my calendar, but I still hold myself to get it done. So mm-hmm. it's like, if I don't do it Saturday, I'm going to have to stay up late Sunday night after going out with family yeah. to do it. And I don't want to do that. So so how do you stay, like, how do you work when your kids are at home? Sometimes you do a little more. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. They just go play in the basement and I okay. just go to my office and work. Okay. Yeah. And so, but do you tell them like, okay, I'm going to work for a minute or as soon as you tell them that they'll like keep interrupting you? Like, how does that work? So because some of my work is video sessions yeah. live with clients yes, um, or interviews, which are live. I kind of have this rule when they're home that if the office door is closed, that means I'm on a session, do not come in, does not always work. Right. So (laughs) we try our best. Go make your own bowl of cereal. (laughs) Right, right. Be self-sufficient for a few minutes. Yeah. So I will say that and then just cross my fingers that it works. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then if they open the door, that's like on the back side of my computer so I can see it and my clients can't. And like, I like reach my arm around the computer. I'm like waving them to leave. (laughs) Okay. Um, so I mean, sometimes it's just a mess, you know, but most of the times it will work. And then if I'm just working on other stuff, writing blog posts or whatever and have the door open, it's fine if they interrupt. Right. Okay. And you're, I mean, at least one of your kids is old enough to make some food for yes. the other two. The oldest ones. is nine. <laughs> yes. So I'll always give him the pep talk of like, <laughs> right? you are in charge. <laughs> You okay. need to be responsible for these children. <laughs> Don't scream unless we have yeah. to go to the doctor or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And actually last week, the day after Halloween, my middle, who's seven, mm-hmm. had eaten so much candy, he got a headache and then threw up while I was on a client session. Oh my gosh. Session. Okay. So, um, you know, sometimes that happens. So it happens. <laughs> It's not scheduled, but it happened. Yeah, that that wasn't on the calendar, but it happened. Okay. And and it was fine. You know, you get through it. And luckily, because I do work with moms and it's not like corporate CEOs or something on there, they get it. Yeah. Perfect. So the cat's jumping around. This is Soxy. She... She'll probably come over and sit on your lap. She's cute. She looks a lot like my kitten. Yes, she does. (laughs) (laughs) So what about like when people come to you, are are they usually at a breaking point? Like I'm either going to keep going, um, keep my business going, or I'm folding. Not usually. So I typically have people who are just launching or – so, like, they have the idea. They have no idea how to make it happen. Oh, so they're just... Okay. They're just starting. Or maybe they've been trying to make it happen for a while and they're clueless. 
so that's kind of one category. And then the other category is people who have really maxed out how many dollars they can make in their working hours and something needs to change in their business model so that they can make more. So then that's scaling and we you know, brainstorm the best way to do that because there's a lot of different potential things that they can do to scale. And I think a lot of times people have heard this advice that they need to just get into courses or whatever. And I've had oh. a, li- a lot of clients come to me who are like, I want to design a course. Um, but once we get into it, that's just not the right thing for them. So so like, what kind of business would that be? I want to design a course. A coaching business? A coaching business. Okay. Um, I also had somebody who builds websites who was thinking about doing a course. Um, I had a virtual assistant who had kind of maxed out her Uh virtual assistant hours and wanted to be able to make more doing something, so she was thinking about a course. And courses have not been the right fit for any of those. <laughs> so yeah. it's really about your personality and what you love in your business. And a passive course is probably not the right thing for you if you're really loving your one-on-one work and not big into marketing and sales. So so then how do they, like the virtual assistant, how does she grow her business even though she's making money and... Um, but she's maxed out her time. How, like, have what is a good example for her to grow her business? Yeah. So she, in particular, is shifting away from doing virtual assisting work, and she is shifting into becoming a coach who helps other moms because she's a mom sure. to launch virtual assisting businesses. So she has a program that she takes them through, but it's not a passive course. But it's not a course. It's like it's a one-on-one coaching. coaching thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she can charge a lot more for that amount of time. She only works with them one hour a week. Okay. Um, but she's making as much as she would have made in four hours of virtual assisting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That gives me so many ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a yeah be a coach on something specific something you've done that you've done mm-hmm. I mean I guess you're a coach on specifically helping mompreneurs yeah but there's so many people like accounting accountants that could teach people how to read financials or mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah. a whole all right where do you think your business is going <laughs> good question <laughs> so Originally, I started as a life coach. Uh I did that for a few years before doing business coaching. I, this year, started a podcast that is personal development, so it's not strictly business. Um, So I kind of see something expanding in that direction. I'd like to write a book. I'd like to do retreats and that kind of thing. So... We'll see. Yeah. Big ideas. Big ideas, (laughs) right? So talking about the farm again, what's like, so I work with Nathan. We we split most of the responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, he does legal contracts and marketing. I do accounting, event scheduling and planning and... So what, how would you, what advice would you give to someone, like to us, doing the farm and like 
planning our time better and getting all the tasks done and just from what you know of of me of us yeah okay so from what I know of you um I think that there for sure needs to be a discussion about the fires that need to be put out and the fact that one person can handle those at a time um I would also say the two of you should really break down what's the most important things to focus on because there's unlimited directions you could go in any business and it's not always wise to be pursuing 50 different things right so really narrowing the focus and identifying where are our biggest opportunities to increase our income here and how can we go deeper with all of those to really develop them to their potential and dividing up all of those tasks really specifically, setting up a timeline, having concrete goals. And that's kind of some of the work I do, like set that financial goal and really figure out exactly how you're going to do it and have that solid plan. And that's what you schedule in the calendar. I like it. Because otherwise, you all know how much Nate talks. Like, I sit down and try and do something, and then he just comes and talks to me, like, constantly. Like, And then I have to say, I need go. I need mm-hmm. you to go mm-hmm. so I can do something. Because <laughs> he'll talk about all these fun things. And another hard thing is we call it the you should list. Oh, yeah. Because, like, everyone, you know, everyone loves a farm. It's so fun. And so everyone you know or everyone that comes to the farm is like, you should do this. You should do this. Or the farmer's markets, too. You should do this. Yeah, we should. But (laughs) that sounds amazing. You should do it, actually, at the farm, right? Yeah. I don't have time for that. And Mm -hmm. it's going to make about this much money, like, zero that's like a that is a very draining thing to me because I love everyone's ideas I've probably had the idea already but there's so many reasons why it's not happening um sure it's fun but it loses money so that can't that's not viable you know it takes too much time and and then like negative reviews like they could take a whole day from me Mm -hmm. like I can't handle like someone said a review um about the farm festival she was like I'm never going back there there was only there was nothing to do for my eight-year-old we don't like the American Ninja Warriors (laughs) okay so first don't I I just can't, I don't do reviews because I can't handle like, or I don't do bad ones. How about that? Because you should talk to the business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Like she should have come up and talked to me instead of like behind the scenes posting this bad review. And the second, like that's not even true. There was so much to do out here. There was like horseback rides, petting zoo. There was three amazing, four amazing American Ninja Warrior courses. There was a corn maze. There was pumpkins. There was rope making there was corn grinding there were so many activities but that like could ruin me for a day I hate negative reviews so the you should between the you shoulds and the negative reviews like those are depressing to me and sometimes I can't 
get over those Mm -hmm. what like what do you tell how do you tell this is mindset work this is mindset work so what I tell my clients is to look at all of these different things as a neutral circumstance and what makes you feel the way you feel about it is your thoughts about it because if somebody was just like telling you something like your blue hair is ugly you would be like huh I don't have blue hair. That would not debilitate you for a day. Right. You'd just be like, that's really confusing. What? You're colorblind. (laughs) So I think, you know, what's going on deeper here is when somebody is saying something negative about the business or even coming up with suggestions, the underlying thing you're hearing is you're doing this wrong and it's not going to work. And it's really activating your deep fears about it in a way the blue hair comment would just be like huh because you don't have deep fears about blue hair (laughs) because you don't even have it you know so that it really it's not about them it's about your thoughts about what you're doing and and you know do you really believe this is going to work do you are you really committed to making it work no matter what are you really committed to believing that you're doing the right things with it and and that's where the work is to be done and when these things come up and you notice those feelings just get really curious about your thoughts and address those and that's how you can move on with it and you can choose to think anything you want about negative feedback and you shoulds if you hear you should, you should just think. Here's another you should. Just think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could just think. That's really sweet that they care about me so much that they're giving me suggestions. They don't see the full picture of this business. They really have no clue about running a farm. So this is just coming from a good place. They love me. That's awesome. And move on. <laughs> yes. So I should start doing that. Yeah, and you can just thank them. Thank you so much for the idea. Thanks for thinking of me and my business. That means a lot. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm thinking about how that's going to... Yeah, I can do that. And it'll feel better. And the whole point of this is for you to feel better because they don't feel bad about the should. They don't feel bad about the negative review. You do. Yeah. And you can control that with how you think about it. Yeah. Cause the, the negative reviews just make me angry. Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you come talk to me about this? Even for the farmer's market? What? Just come. I can tell you exactly why we have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like permits and insurance and you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So this is our option. Yeah. But so, yeah, they just make me mad. Yeah. And those are the moments where you are holding on to the anger and feeling the worst of anyone. And this is when I just sing, uh, let it go to myself. (laughs) So there's this this, uh, show that's no longer on. It's called Happy-ish. It was on, I don't know, maybe HBO or something. Miss Mom had her own business. She was an artist and she would sing Let It Go, but she would sing Lexapro <laughs> because I guess it's like an antidepressant That's pill funny. she would take because she couldn't handle the stress of life. <laughs> so now I always sing that in my head. Like Lexapro, Lexapro or Let It Go. Lexapro, both of them. Inter- both. Interchange. All yes. together. <laughs> yes. 
All right. So tell us, like, what else do you have to say to to mompreneurs specifically in this in this like doubt that comes into, you know, un unqualified doubt that mm-hmm. they just make up and like just just let it go. Right. Yeah. It can be really hard, though. This is the kind of thing when like, like I said, it was hard for me to get out of my own head. And that's why coaching was so valuable. So that is a benefit you get from coaching, that you are able to say those doubts out loud and really be able to see them kind of in the light of day and then have somebody else react to them as well. Uh, It's also really valuable to have like best friends in your business who also have businesses that are kind of similar to yours. So... What I've found, I have a couple friends like this um, because your friends and family, they're just going to you should you and they will have no context about the business. Right. Totally. And they'll think if you're having doubts that that means you should like close or change things or whatever. Go get a corporate job. Right. Live in a cubicle. (laughs) It's going to be the best decision for you. Yeah. So they're not the ones that you need to talk to about this. (laughs) You really need people who are kind of in it with you and what I've noticed with mine is that we kind of take turns of being like the pep talk cheerleader who's feeling on top of the world and then the other one is feeling like I need to just shut this down and go get a job or whatever. So we just take turns in those roles. Perfect. And we totally get that the other one doesn't really need to change anything except how they're thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. And so... This is a question we ask everyone. What would your message be to the world? Like your billboard, maybe not specifically about your business, but what is like your advice to the world? Well, I think the message that I keep coming back to and everything that I do is you are enough. I think so many of us just have these secret thoughts of not being good enough and we all have them so when you just said that I felt like peace wash over me like oh yeah okay yeah just think that yeah at this point I've worked with I think about 400 women through Uh like either business coaching or life coaching they all have this thought that they're secretly not good enough everyone else has it all figured out and they're just special in a terrible way (laughs) and and something I will say is like you're not special and I mean that in the best possible way you're not like secretly horrible in a way that no one else is you are just a human and and that makes you enough just being a human and everything else is extra and amazing thank you that's great advice thanks I feel at peace now. Good. And I feel motivated too. I'm going to go schedule. I'm going to make sure Nate doesn't talk my face off all day. And I'm going to get stuff done. Good. So hopefully everyone listening feels the same way. Good. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get going to do our schedules. And you all should get going and do your schedules too. So thank you so much. You're welcome. For being on the show today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everyone to everyone that's listening, because we know you could spend your time elsewhere um, and listening to other podcasts. So we appreciate you. And make sure to check our website, edibleeconomy.com, 
for the show notes and to listen to the podcast through that or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thanks, Kate and Morrow Media and Truth and Legend Productions for being here. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.